Hello, this is Two Thumbs Undecided. I'm your host, Zachary Ferguson. To my left, Sammy Ferguson. And we are, here's Two Thumbs Undecided. Now we have a, uh, a lead-in song before this. So that's the double lead-in song for you. I have a question. Can we change that lead-in song? How? No. I'm just saying. It is I've... the only thing that is consistent. Well, I guess the, the, the consistent thing is it's two of us. What would you change? The, the, first off, we paid. Not, okay, I got to say, I love, I love, you know, that's our theme song. That's who we are. Um, but the thing is, is I never thought, I actually never thought that the music was to our styling. We need something more upbeat. Like, da -da -da. I, I like it because a lot of podcasts slash radio shows begin with something like it's so generic, really though. trendy. It's, and it's not generic. What are you it's talking not generic about? for a it, podcast. It is, it is. I think it's happy. It's too, but everybody knows what it is. No, they don't. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's fun. It's. um. Uh, maybe I don't think it's generic. I think it's maybe it's, we should it's change people it to like recognize more, it. We need like a sailor version of it. Like we need we need like a more rough and tumbled version of it. We're a rough this and does, tumbled. This podcast. does bring me to a good point. Something I would like is uh, fans out there, if you want to make a song for us. Oh. We will potentially use it, and you could be on the ground floor of making the theme song for a podcast that Forbes actually just came out, a radio show. Forbes just came out with the top 10 radio stations, uh, or radio shows to watch. And we, it was The Daily from the New York Times was number two. Wait, wait, you're talking about and podcasts? I'm talking about both podcasts and radio shows. Um, oh, no, I'm talking about radio shows. It was, sorry, I was thinking of a different list. Number two was NPR, was radio stations to watch. Uh, and number one was Two Thumbs Undecided. Yeah. Um, well, I guess NPR is, I think they kind of fucked up that list because NPR is the station. It's not a show. But isn't there an NPR podcast? Yeah, but I'm talking about radio shows because we're not a podcast. Um, so, yeah, I love that list. Uh, I, I framed that. I made it. It says, by Sam Ferguson. It's a really nice, by, it's a really nice list. Um, so just to let everybody know, uh, about my mental state going into this. So we were supposed to record yesterday at 830, but Sam decided to opt out of that to have dinner with his beautiful, um, Family. We like to have dinner at 7.30 and... Well, then maybe we should have thought about anyways. So I was all mentally prepared for that, you know. But I had something at 9.30, so we rescheduled it to 9. Now, to my own badness, I, I stayed up way too Your own badness. late. You know, you know why I was up way too late yesterday? You're playing Borderlands. Well, I was playing Borderlands, but after Borderlands quit, um, I stayed up till four o'clock in the morning. 
Oh my dill. So you only have had five hours of sleep? I think I actually, when I put in my clock, uh, it said three hours and 45 minutes. I have now recently been obsessed with the musical Beetlejuice. <laughs> it is a really good musical and i've been just fuck is this man talking about handing uh, well like i said i my brain is is messed up you're obsessed with the musical beetlejuice have you it's a it was nominated for a lot of um tonys it has some really great soundtracks and really sad and yeah well not sad it's funny i'm just kind of annoyed and I guess maybe this could go to get into media news. Um, I'm just upset with Broadway, with their consistent, like the only musicals that are coming out are movies or TV here, shows the thing. Whatever. or whatever. And then they just, like, no. that's great that the songs are great, but why can't they just do something, add those songs, take that script writer or songwriter and put into original material right, and create something new. That's all well and you know? good, but have you ever heard of a little thing called Little Shop? Little Shop of Horror. Yes. Shop. You know, that's based on a movie. Yeah, I know. And a, But that, that came out movie. from a, that tape came out in a time where that was a unique thing, where that was like, that was a, there was a, uh, not a dime a dozen, the opposite of dime a dozen. It was a, What's the opposite of a dime a dozen? Uh, uh, it's um, it's a. It's more rare. It's a fifty cent. A trillion quarter. dollar bill in. Okay, well that doesn't exist. Mars. So it's. I was saying a fifty cent quarter. A dozen. Um. And also, I apologize if it's kind of windy because. Sam was kicked out of the house. No. Also, we're recording on the Zoom, recorders because Zach. Uh, can't I, figure out his microphone situation. No, See, no, now, I figured it out. I figured it out. It's just that I can't, I can't go and use the uh, the good qualities. I have to buy. Yeah. Uh, how I usually did it, folks, is I um would rent out. Well, actually, I don't want to give away the secret sauce. But anyways, um, but I, I think to, it's in. Go I ahead. have to get a new. I have to get it. I gotta get a new mic. Uh, so you listeners at home, be like. Wow, this guy's not a chump. He's not. He's not some righteous be really who wants to be a podcast. Hey, everybody! I want to be a podcaster. See, I think what's so great radio about our show. show is we are. Th there's a lot of radio show people out there who are just like we're real, like this is real talk and all this stuff. But Meanwhile, they've put in like three, four thousand dollars in their own equipment. Uh, and you know, money that the, the, you know, the, the normal people like that gets them through a month, you know, it, it, we are, I bought this mic that I'm using right now, which Zach may or may not include in the final thing. But what I usually have been using for these pre-records, I bought this seven, eight, seven years ago, maybe six years ago. And it's just the zoom and a boom mic that has been keeping me afloat for the past six years. And Zach did not do that so he has been switching mics like missed so the audio quality is not consistent but hey we are I don't, consistent i don't want to go personalities i don't want to go into, my, into why i have to keep mucking around mics 
But let's just say once I get a Yeti, which is the mic that I'm going to get, I'll be so consistent that which call me old man McGee who eats his prune juice on a Friday. Because which, speaking of consistent. Fridays, uh, next Friday we will be recording our 100th episode. 100th episode. And my goodness. Hundo. The, well, we should be saying this at the end of the podcast, but we're going to have guests out the wazoo. Yeah, we're going to bring back every major. We're going to. Our, our producer is coming on. For those uh, of you who are Martin new to the Scorsese, show, Martin Scorsese is our Scorsese producer. Is our producer. Um, he's going to be on. We're going to have our ex producer. He confirmed with me. I don't know if I told you this, Zach, but our ex producer. This is all he has to do. He, this is, <laughs> he just finished up. Yeah, I mean, West Side Story isn't filming. If that doesn't hint to it, it's Spielberg. Um, Spielberg was our ex-producer. Martin and possibly Spielberg's uh, daughter, De- De- Destra or whatever, might come on. Destra. Um, and also Karina, also, uh, who is uh, just a normal person like Zach and I. Uh, also, she gonna, is going to come on as well. I'm also going to have my roommate... <laughs> Talk about anime. <laughs> oh, it's there's nothing. He's he's just your roommate. It's nothing special. It's just you oh, said that someone might come on and talk about roommate, and I said like, is it you know? Well, here's the thing. This guy is, is he a scientist? Is well, he no, an animator? He, no, no. He he is an executive producer down at um um uh Tokyo anime. What is it? Um, people Studio Ghibli. Studio. Yeah, he's an executive producer at Studio. Ghibli, Studio Ghibli. Um, Can't even say but here's studio. the cool, here's the cool One thing. One part of that wait. His, his name. One is part Ghibli. of that was in is Japanese Ghibli, which would make sense if you mispronounce. But you mispronounced the studio. Hey, you know <laughs> You're what? like Studio Ghibli. English, English language. <laughs> Japanese I feel language, like you would not be. You would not be dyslexic if you were if it was any other country. You just can't read English. I can't speak English. It hurts. Yeah. Um, no, but we're gonna have the executive producer, one of the executive producers of Studio Ghibli, coming on. I knew I needed this guy right away. So before I, when I even got a hint of this quarantine or this virus, I said, "Hey, dude. Hey, you want to rent out an apartment in Pittsburgh and live with?" Three, two, three other guys. Uh, and then for some reason, he's like, yeah, let's do it. This is going to be funny. Mm. Bada bing, bada boom. Now we're quarantined and my other roommate left. So now it's us. It's just three people in the house and I'm living with an executive producer. Hmm. Uh, I guess they don't pay too well in the studio Ghibli. He says money's not a, uh, is a constructed uh, thing. Oh, yeah. it's very wise of him. Um, so we're, we're roughing it out here. I mean, for those, okay, so let's, let's get into what we are. We're Two Thumbs Undecided. This is a show we talk about media. We talk about, we do deep dives into things. Um, we talk about very broad things like what is porn. We talk about, um, mostly we just talk about porn. No, we, we talk about, um, you know, all these different themes. Yeah. Just go, just look at, look at our previous stuff. I don't need to get into this. Um, actually, uh, another news that's coming up are cracking off a, a hundo, as Scott Ackerman would say, our hundred, our hundred. But let's not, let's not steal from Scott Ackerman. Let's not, let's say we're, um, we did not say that word. Popping we, off a, a hundred. Um, yeah. we are, 
for our 101st ep- first episode, we have a truly a special guest coming on, uh, Penelope uh, Bartolet, who is a programmer um, for uh, the Criterion channel. She is going to be coming on um, for a conversation, and we're going to talk about the Criterion channel. And she is, um, she also worked at film, or she worked curating for Filmstruck before she moved to Criterion channel. Anyways, we're really excited about that as well. Um, so yeah, we got a lot of things going on for this, uh, the next 100. And I assume 100 uh, for the next 100 more episodes. Yeah, hopefully we can have... 200. Yeah, who knows who we'll have. I mean, who knows? I barely um, know. Also, no. this does not include... Technically, this is... Technically, this is our 100th episode, but... Well, now, um, why is this our 100th episode? Because the episode that we are ignoring is the only video, completely video episode we made, um, which oh. is um, going no, to be I... available. Will oh, be available wait. on our Patreon account whenever we set that up. Um, but uh, I don't consider not, that an episode. We're not at including all. it. I'm saying we're not including it because one, it's not a, it's not an official, it's not a podcast or a radio show. Two, um. It had a fraud, a fraudulent Spielberg mm-hmm. came on. A, a um, drunk Spielberg. And we're still kind of figuring out how that happens um, when Spielberg, the real Spielberg, has been producing us for so long. Uh, we're kind of like figuring out why that happened. Um, so yeah, um, so maybe we should get into it. We've already, uh, we've wasted. We wasted a good 13, 14 minutes. You're going to have to tell me when this is over because I, there's no time thing on here. Okay, I'll, I'll keep looking. I mean, I normally do. Okay. Um, um, so here's, here's the bizzle. No, what? Bizzle. Should I what? talk about film news? Yeah, get into film news. I got a little film news because things are still happening in this quarantine time we call corn, Cornico. <laughs> Cornico. That's pretty Copyright. good. Quantico, it's like uh, it's like um, Quantico, but it's Quantico. Mm. All right, cool beans. Uh, by the way, after this podcast is done, I'm going back straight to listening to Beetlejuice, uh, the musical. First, I'm probably gonna throw up because of how sleepy. <laughs> I'm so uh, anyway. Um, and I'm I don't even want coffee because I want to go back to sleep after this. Uh, so I'm like, I'm in pain. Anyway, let's keep going. Um, uh, so Beetlejuice, no, um, Martin Scorsese is asking money from different big groups to produce his new movie. Have you seen this, Sam? Our producer. I saw a headline. I did not. All I know is he's he's racked up like two hundred million dollars. I just I feel so his... sorry for the man that after so many years of excellent movie making, he still has to ask for money. I mean that's that's true cinema right there. I mean he's asking um, Netflix, Hulu, ne- oh a- he's asking Apple and or Netflix for money to uh, produce his next movie, which is called Killers of the Flower Moon. And I just, I'm like, he has to, you know what he's basically doing? He probably has to go to some young executive, somebody who's like 40 years younger than him, asking for money. Mm-hmm. 
Hello. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to do a Martin Scorsese impersonation because. I'm trying to see. Uh, this doesn't give it to me. But. Let them be. He's making. He, he already is getting. But the thing is, is like, he's getting a shit ton of money. Like, he's already racked up like $200 million. Well, I think he needs $200 million. Oh. Well, does, does he really need $200 million? Does he? I, it, you know what, Sam? I think this, you know where most exactly. of that money is going. It's going to Di, uh, DiCaprio's what? pocket. Like it, hey, he he's only getting like I. DiCaprio I sure worked he, his life to be this uh, kind of high quality actor. Come gonna, on, man! I'm gonna ask. Come on, Ronnie. hey, and you he's know not. He's DiCaprio. I mean, I guess he maybe he's he'd make his face alone would bring that much money back. But it's just the fact that some of these actors are getting paid. It's way too much money for movies. Like, I mean, I don't have the numbers Sam, in front when of me, you but become, he's probably making like fifty, Sam, fifty thousand yeah, dollars. Like, half of this budget is just going into big, big stars' pocket. If you're, if you're telling me that you become a huge celebrity, you're not going to ask for a high thing. You would be like, I worked for this. Oh no, I'd ask for a high thing. Yeah, I wouldn't ask for half the budget. Yeah, but I wouldn't you're, ask you're just, for you know. How do you know that Le- maybe Leo's going on a thousand dollars for the whole thing? Oh, he is <laughs> not going on a thousand dollars. I don't have the month. I don't have the numbers. Then, I would, I would not be. I am. I would not be surprised if most, because most of the money these days for big Hollywood films are going to two things: one, CGI, which is split up amongst thousands of people, thousands and thousands of, maybe just thousands of people, but it's split up a lot. And two or three big actors, which is split amongst three people. So that that is where like seventy five percent of the budget is going to these films, and everything else is just going to the crew. It's going to like the it's the same. That is why people are like, wait, if if uh uh like like how are things so expensive nowadays if you don't have to fly to location you can just shoot on a green screen like how are things so expensive it's because these stars keep raising their price why do you hate this isn't people i don't like rich people i'm sorry i'm i'm still pissed off about bernie dropping out anyways that's that's the most political I'm oh gonna is get. that is that oh wow i wanted to get into that see i you i want to get into that no i don't i like i like i'm saying i i feel i feel like i shouldn't hate I shouldn't just hate, you know? True. Anyways, I don't want to get into this. Um, so, and that's also what makes us special. Is we don't get political. Well, we got um, political a few times over the last... Well, it's more just anti-Trump, which I don't think is political. I think that's just moral. Um, um, yeah, that's just common sense. Yeah, it's common um, sense written by Thomas Paine. Um, he would be flipping out now if he yeah. would in this time he would be like excuse me what the heck did you not yeah he would be book? like i can't have slaves what's going on oh that's do you think he didn't think that was like i actually don't know if he had slaves or not but uh, i would I'm hope sure that he, he wouldn't realize it's common sense not to own other humans i don't know there's a lot of things that you think would be common sense it would but... be great if thomas Paine literally was the ultimate greatest human because he realized <laughs> he used common sense for everything True. Like, but common right. sense is relative, you know? I mean, common sense is like, I feel like it's different century to century. Like, the common sense of the of the 1800s was 
I don't know, go the gold rush, I guess, was common sense. And that, you know, it killed a lot of people. I think get bit by common, rattlesnakes. Common sense can also be attributed to luck because you got like, oh, it's common sense that I should go out to California and strike for gold. Well, in reality, it's, Calif- it's pronounced California. California way. Yeah. Um, now, I would like to take this uh, conversation to California and talk about our topic. Which I yeah, discussed. like we we started this episode. Like I think this honestly, I think this was one of a pretty good start to our episode. If I may be so bold, this is a, this is. Are you serious? Because sometimes here's the thing: I come into this real, Sam. You come into this real angry. <laughs> no, no, no. You come into this actually, like, folks. We will have heated, heated debates before this, or like yelling at each other. Like really getting into each other. And then once this thing turns on, we're like, hi, everybody. How's it going? We, we have a video that's coming out. And it's a little eccentric on like how Sam and I process the day. But in a very serious, it almost, honestly, I think that video is very much how it gets. We should redo that video and make it us boring. just yelling at each other. Well, and uh, then it, starting. There's about three, there's about three, 30 minutes of us trying to figure out the audio. Yeah. Every freaking time. Yeah, because of this mic situation. Anyway, so it's a good opening, uh, much like a lot of openings in movies. There's a lot of movie openings. Did you not um, see that I was, that's where I was going? See, I was doing my own transition saying, like, speaking of California way, we should travel to hollywood which is where most of the openings are yours is that was yeah that (laughs) was a stupid transition yours is much more streamlined (laughs) hey babe (laughs) well continue with your uh opening so zach chose the theme for today which you know what that means um i i came up with it when what uh listening to beetlejuice (laughs) okay so um i just discovered beetlejuice soundtrack yesterday and i'm obsessed (laughs) all right cool um so you know what i'm getting sorry talking about talking about things that i just gotten into you know what i've just gotten into um i've gotten into the who oh yeah i've been seeing that on your spotify i keep listening to a quick one while they're away over and over again and I had no idea that Keith Moon was that nuts, um, which I guess most people probably know. Anyways. He, like, smashes the drums. Um, now, um, yes, I, I think this, this topic is very dear to my heart uh, because I love when a movie opens up well, it opens up well. Now, and I a think lot- a lot of these – sorry. I think a lot of these – what makes a – now, Zach, what makes a great movie opening? It catches your attention right away or, like – um it it tells you who the characters are it's it feels like its own thing like its own chapter mm-hmm. you can be like hey remember the opening to this i mean right mm-hmm. off the bat i actually wouldn't consider this part of what i guess you could like a lot of the reason why the reason why star wars has a, a cult following and i'm saying cult by saying like basically the world is in on this it's, yeah, I guess. It, it's not even a cult anymore now it's a religion if you consider it in that way um the reason why so many people love it is that opening scene really blew people's mind 
uh, like the whole structure of like, oh, this tiny little ship. And then, oh my goodness, this huge giant ship. Oh my goodness, it's 1977. I've never seen this before in my entire freaking life. So I'm going to give money to this forever. <laughs> I think there's two different types of, because that type of beginning is something that it just starts off like with a wow. Like it just starts off with like a, but you know, there's, there's, there's some movies that, that start off strong and then, but then kind of like, yeah, Star Wars keeps going, but there's some movies that like start off really strong and then kind of just like, all right, what's going on? Like it just, it, it, some movies do that where it's just boom. It's just a wow. And I think Star Wars, it begins with a boom. Um, yeah, but then there are other movies that you could say, I, I remember, I don't remember the opening, but uh, the movie Black Hole, I remember being very bored with as a child i'm like oh this is just nothing that is uh it stars um our good friend not really good friend but the guy who plays psycho anthony hopkins no i mm. mean anthony perkins anthony perkins that's that's the actor norman bates <laughs> anthony perkins is in black hole it's a disney movie about a bunch of people who are trying to go into a black hole and it's really mm. boring because i remember it being boring because it was just a lot of like, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, there's a robot who's trying to hurt us. Oh, blah, blah, blah. That's a black hole. <laughs> but for instance, I think there are, I don't know if this is a good example. I think this is a bad example, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to think of a movie that like starts off really great and then like turns to shit real quick. But it like the beginning is really good. But a lot of those types of movies start off strong. And well, you could say um, comedies tend to do that a lot. Like you can, like they. Start- oh, here's a good example: Dumb and Dumber Two. <laughs> that started Dumb and off, Dumber. That started off really bad. I hate. No, it started that. off funny. The I thought whole, the first part was funny. Are you talking about with him going to the like retirement home? And I thought that was funny. It got dumb when you realize it was all a joke. I thought that that joke was kind of funny compared to the rest of the movie. That there's joke only, was kind of funny. There's only one funny scene in that movie for me, and it's when the guy gets hit by a train. Anyways, so there's that type of opening, which is an opening that just is. It's just like it, it's it's a it's it's an opening that immediately grabs your attention and draws you in. Like for instance, I think. Her, like this, her, the opening to her where it's just uh, his face and him just trying to like smile. It's like him just thinking about something and like contemplating something. And it's just like this close up on his face. That is a great movie opening because it's, it's something that's kind of detached from the rest of the movie though. Um, and it's something that, has something to do with the movie and immediately gets you involved emotionally into the movie and you you immediately have feelings for what like you feel what uh, Spike Jones is trying to get you to feel but it's kind of detached it's it's a little bit uncomfortable to, but it's also detached from the rest of the movie which is what i think is a separate kind of great opening which is these openings that are kind of their own small world like their own mini stories in a way. And some of them are very small, like in her. Mm. And those kind of beginnings, I feel 
closest to. Like, I feel like those types of beginnings are the best types of beginnings. And now, um, here's the thing. The, the opening that drew me in immediately, when I, like, the moment I hadn't heard about this movie, I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, let's just do it. I, the moment I saw the opening to the first beat of Boogie Nights, I was like, mm. this is going to be the greatest. I was, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm not going to um, do anything. I'm going to be entranced. I remember when I was watching Boogie Nights, my roommate at the time, we were in our dorms, was working on like this huge project or doing something not relevant to life. Meaning you should always watch Boogie Nights. Um, mm -hmm. I was so encapsulated by that opening thing that did it, did it, best of my love. Like it travels. I just was like, well, this is so cool. Neon lights, where is this going to take me? And then two and a half hours later, I'm like, whoa. And then, you know, we see the penis and I'm like, whoa. And I, it's really strange to say it. I, I know we're not talking about endings. So I'll, I'll leave that for another time. But I will say the ending to Boogie Nights is one of my favorite. I, I was also really encapsulated with the ending. Something yeah, about, I think. Um, but we, we, we shouldn't talk about endings. But beginning, but that, that is one of those examples in which the beginning really. It feels like uh, its own world. because It's its, its own it's its own world, its own music video in a way. Yeah. Uh, like I mean, that was kind of the whole song was that, was that that beginning like one or that all it one take. everybody in the movie you got john c Riley, you got burt reynolds you got speaking uh, of another one take one take movie that's kind of uh is it an opening it's an opening yeah one take opening uh halloween begins whoa begins amazingly that's uh, a great example Sam. because well i, I I'm try not, i'm not being sarcastic I have a bunch of movies here, by the way, and I'm just trying to relate that. Uh, so are Halloween, these movies that you looked up? I mean, I, I did look up a few lists. Damn list use. But I mean, I'm not ranking these. Uh, I'm just, I was getting my inspiration, and some of them are my own, you know? Uh, like her, her's my own. Um, oh, that's good. Uh, but, you know, Halloween is like a great... And another thing, too, is I think with great openings, it's fairly unanimous. Like, I think most people uh, uh, agree with what these, what these are, like what like the best openings are. Um, Halloween is the whole, like it's, it's the introduction, it's its own world, it's its own everything, it's a one take. Uh, it, it's, all you, it's, all, it's all you really need, it's like it's its own little movie. It's amazing. Now, um, it, there are some opening movies that, uh, by the way, uh, at what time are we at? Just so I can... We're at um, 30, 31 minutes. 31 minutes. Because um, one of the best openings of all time, and I didn't look this up from a damn list, um, is 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's, That's on many a lists. Oh, really? Well, I, I didn't look up any lists. I just thought to myself... What is a good list? I mean, what is a good opening? <laughs> and I remember I have seen, because I am so cool, I have seen 2001 A Space Odyssey in theaters several times. Several, mm. maybe two times. So a couple I've seen times. it twice. Um, IMAX is crazy, man. Um, just to let you know. 
but I saw it at the uh, the Museum of Moving Images in 70 millimeter. Very nice. Oh, nice. Uh, but like it, it has actually like... the museum. Sidebar: the Museum of Moving Images. Once, I think they started doing this, but um, once the virus is over, and I think they start, which who knows when that's going to be, they're gonna they have a Kubrick exhibit that they're opening up. And uh, oh, okay. I saw them unboxing the, um, oh. the baby at the end of the movie. Oh. They have the original baby. I'm coming to New York. Fear it, baby. Well, or actually, once this whole virus thing is over with, I'm going to buy a car or rent a car, and I'm just going to hippy-dippy it across the world. And that's what out. everyone's going to do, and it's going to spread the disease. Anyways, <laughs> um, so you're right i'm going to be a murderer <laughs> okay so anyways um I'm gonna be a <laughs> another example of i mean one of the greatest oh wait which one did you say you said 2001, 2001 space, odyssey. space odyssey yeah that's what i yeah, said yeah i mean so you're just talking about the um the whole entire ape scene right um i was talking about i'm, I'm talking i mean that is the opener i will say that's the per first part but I'm talking about that very first part. I mean, I know it's considered a credit, but it's so oh, visually stunning. Yeah. Where it's, it's the um, this the sun like coming up, mm -hmm. it takes you right in. And another sign of a good uh, credit or another thing is how uh, parodied it is. Mm -hmm. That song. I mean, it opens up with one of the most now. If you went duh. Uh, people will immediately be able to go like da da after that. Yeah. Even if they aren't movie cinephiles. That's its own special kind of subcategory is best title openings, like best credit openings, which... I was going to leave that for another thing, but I considered that putting this into the mix. I don't, I don't know, though. because It's not it's, only it's, just credits it's like setting the mood of the entire thing it's setting the mood but it's also it's it doesn't have the, have the same restrictions with ba with great openings you have to set up characters you have to set up the mood you have to set i mean i guess like title sequence Space you have so much you have so much freedom you don't have to set up anything you don't have to set up any characters you don't have to set up any any plot points you don't have to set up anything all you have to do is just do an interesting way that kind of goes with the mood of the movie. Like, I, we can just, th that is so many, because then you could get into Catch Me If You Can. That is a great that's classic yeah, we, title we opening. Talk about, we don't want to talk about credits, but I mean, I know that the title and the whatever it is technically the opening credits, but it, I think it's a scene all to itself because things are happening in the, like, plot is happening. Like, the, what is happening in the story is the sun is rising upon the earth or upon the moon nah i wouldn't i would the Actually, I, I did is, i did put that? in one thing i did put in one thing that i i thought was a great title title opening um mean streets i think has a great title sequence yeah uh, we'll talk about title sequences another but i think this is kind of a gray area because it does show the characters and it does kind of introduce their characters a little bit uh, and it does it in a very unique way. But yes, maybe we should do a separate title sequence. Um, now, anyways, another uh, movie that I think is a great, I think it's not the most classic, but it's an opening which is the the oneer of all oneers, the oneer openings of all oneer openings. 
and that is Touch of Evil. Touch oh. of Evil is the right. that's, the that's... classic kind of was was really probably one of the first one take uh openings. Um and maybe not the first one takes because I think one of the first oneers was Rope, Scorsese, uh, Hitchcock's film. Yeah, but that um, was supposed to be the entire movie as one take. This was just a four-minute opening that sets the mood, sets the tone. Yeah, and then but also, so this is kind of boring. Orson Welles, it's kind of boring. Well, I I always thought it was kind of boring. But. Well, uh, this interesting thing about it is Scorsese or not Scorsese, uh, Orson Welles made it because. He wanted basically he just wanted to screw with the producers because the producers are all like very very analytical of like what money you're spending you know like what like all of this stuff and he wanted them to like go nuts with the fact that he is he is taking like weeks to film one take to shoot one take and he just wanted to kind of like screw with the producers so um that was why that he did that um but it, it was uh it's a classic opening uh with a ticking time bomb um and that uh you know it's it, there's a ticking time bomb in it it's it's crazy it's a good one. um it, here okay here's a little bit of a controversial opening okay mighty python and the holy grail that's also not controversial that's been on many of the lists really that is so funny well the way i'm saying opening is whatever's before the title of the movie. I'm thinking, oh, well, what's before the title of the movie? Everything, Oh, basically. my till. That, it that is the beginning. longest. If you talk about that as a beginning, it's a 45-minute <laughs> long opening. <laughs> because they spend, like, half the movie to get to the part where it goes, Mighty Python and the whole thing. Wait, are you talking about the beginning where I'm, it's, like, the him getting milk? And it's like that weird Mill. short. No, you know, like at the beginning of Mighty Python, there's like this short film that has nothing to do. That's set in what modern is, times. What? I do not know what you're talking about. This is not. My, this no, no. Is, everyone always forgets about this in Mighty Python. And the Holy Grail. And the Holy Grail. It. I just watched it last week on Netflix. And wait, it, is this it, Mighty Python and the Holy Grail? It must I'm not be because. No, 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 no. It's gotta be. No, I Sam. There's I've never I've seen Mighty was Python. Was this a fever dream that I had? You mu or you must be. I'm gonna look this up because I've seen. Mighty Anyways, Python. of course I've seen Mighty Python like a million times. Never in theaters though, so. But um. Yeah, no, there's no stinking. Look it up. I'm gonna look this up real quick. You, talk about another movie. Um. So yeah, no Mighty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, but. I need to talk about another movie. Uh, I love the opening to Blues Brothers. I just watched it, not the whole thing, but I watched the opening to Blues Brothers last week or two weeks ago. And it is really funny. The whole thing opens up with um, John Belushi, Blues Brothers character getting out of jail. And it kind of has this like angelic feel like when the gates open, it's like these huge door. It's him like walking down the uh, the cell and like just about to get released. And when he's released, it's behind these two giant doors. And then we see from outside um, Dan Aykroyd's mm -hmm. Blues Brother character. And he sees yeah. John Belushi. And like for some reason, everything is backlit. 
when John Belushi is leaving the jail, like mm-hmm. he's like coming out of heaven, or mm-hmm. he is an angel. Uh, and it's real. And then right when the two meet, they like walk into the camera together. And when they walk into the camera together, the title "The Blues Brothers" is on there. Yeah, and I think that's. I, I mean, there's, of course, there's like cool like jazz music or blues music. There's just so many examples of great beginnings, but we also need to get to um, bad beginnings. Um, but here's a few I just want to go over real quick. Um, uh, searchers is a little opening of the door, and it's that classic scene uh, where someone's walking out from like the, the silhouette of the door with like the great beyond. Um, you probably know of it as like the ending scene where like John Wayne is walking away from the door, but it begins much the same way. And there's actually a great video on Vimeo uh, that if you just type in like first and last frames, it has side-by-side videos of the first frames and the last frames of like a bunch of classic movies. Um, And it's very interesting. Um, Another great one, Manhattan. Manhattan is a great beginning. And in my opinion, I think better than the rest of the movie. It's just, bunch of vignettes or like a bunch of like city life shots of Manhattan to the theme of Rhapsody in Blue and Woody Allen trying to come up with the beginning of his title of the book he's writing about his love for Manhattan. And then it, and then it cuts immediately to uh, him being like, so here's my 14-year-old daughter. Yeah, I, I hate the rest of that movie. I mean, it's not I mean, Here's well. my uh, 14-year-old um, girlfriend. Oi. It makes no sense. Uh, and then uh, Inglorious Bastards, I think, is one of the best beginnings to a Scorsese, or for a, a Tarantino film, at least. Uh, I was immediate. It starts off kind of smooth, kind of funny, and gets serious real quick. Um, it's a great written dialogue beginning scene. Um, Inglorious Bastards, I think, it's, it's, it is my favorite Tarantino. Um, up. Now, I mean, real- we can't talk without talking about Up. Like, Up is like the the best beginning of any Pixar film. Because um, it's literally a whole story of like a romance film. It, all in like within five, six minutes. Um, and it's so beautiful. And everyone loves Up. Uh, I think it's better than the rest of the movie. Again, it, I think it's an instance in where the beginning begins. And that's the best part of the movie. Yeah, it's like, um, that's like the story itself. Now, now bad, let's get into some bad ones, because I have I'm, a few. I, I'm trying to think, but basically any of those stupid, um, like a twi- oh, I got one right off the bat, uh, the second Twilight movie, Twilight Eclipse. I didn't even know there's a second. No, there's four of them. I remember being, there's four Twilight movies. Oh, within, like the mini, like the... Not the minute. It's Twilight. It's Twilight. Twilight. Oh, Eclipse. sorry. I was thinking of Twilight Zone. Oh, I All got right. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the opening to Twilight Eclipse, I think, is okay. the second one. Um, cool. but it's so horrible because I remember it's it opens with basically Stella or Bella being broken up with um her boyfriend, mm-hmm. the vampire, and I remember just like she's just screaming up in her room, and I'm like. And you see the dad, and I'm just thinking, like, they try to make it seem like the dad's like, oh, she's in pain. But in reality, it's like, oh, my goodness, will she shut up? Like, get over it. There's a whole bunch of other boys out in this, in this place, and you, you chose the one guy who looks, like, so, like, 
dumb. Yeah. Um, so I, hate, um, I hate that opening because it opens with basically her screaming and like crying over. A I'm going to, I'm going to say some controversial ones. Cause uh, I really, I, first off, I think the beginning of casino is, I don't like the movie in general, uh, which some people are just like, uh, it's like one of his most mature films, blah, 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 which I disagree. I think Irishman was great, but I also think it was most mature. I think because the beginning of casino where he gets into the car and it explodes I think is the stupidest beginning. Like it just seemed like it was trying to be a joke. Like I, I, I had laughed when I saw, I was like, what is this, this movie? It's like, he gets into a car and then it's so obvious that it's green. It's green. A, it's a it cuts and it's a dummy in there. Like, it's just so obvious that it's not like there's a cut and they replace the bodies. Um, uh, this one is going to make you mad Zach. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it. I think the beginning of Paris, Texas is stupid. Oh. And why? I, I thought you were going to say Evil Dead or something. No, oh, I mean, no, 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 no. Paris, I, Texas. I don't is even the beginning. remember what the opening to. Paris oh, exactly. Texas. It just, it just, it's, it's a bunch of shots of like the Wild West, or like, or not the Wild West, of uh, like the middle of the desert in Colorado or some shit. I don't know, or I guess Texas. <laughs> In Texas. Those are so beautiful, though. What are you talking it's, about? I guess it's beautiful, but it just goes on Why do you so long. That movie? It goes on so long. And life I'm like, is where is this movie? Mil- that is whole long. movie was way too... That movie should have been five so minutes. So much longer. Anyways, <laughs> another another horrible beginning is... I have. There's so many. A lot of movies from the 50s, honestly, start off really boring. Um... Like for instance, I was thinking the movie Birds is I've really never, bad. Know, I've never seen that movie. Well, I just the whole movie. I think it's the the birds only go crazy in like the last forty minutes of the film. The first hour, I'd say, is like some weird love story that's like I'm really do not care about, and it just goes on and on and on. It's like it's just so. I think a lot of movies from the fifties, especially, I'm really trying to think not, about. Yeah, because they didn't have to capture an audience. Like I think, like in the fifties and forties, like films just you go to the films and it's crazy. You're watching a film. Like it's like wow, we're watching a film. Like and they, you already have the audience. But at once TV started coming in and started competing with movies, I think they had to do more to like capture the audience. Because um, people had, you know, they could leave and go and watch movie at home if they wanted to. Um, well, um, I'm trying to think of a bad. I mean, I agree. I have like, so many more. Uh, Cloverfield. Um, this was this was I, from a I list. Thought, I thought are you talking about like list of bad openings? Bad. Yes, that's what we've been talking about. But they said Cloverfield has a bad opening. I think yeah, because Clover- it it has like this weird. You know how it's shot on like the video. Yes. It has like this weird. It begins with like this weird party scene where it's like shot on VHS. And it's like him partying with this girl and then he's back at the girl's apartment and it's him like just recording everything. And it really has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. It's just... They're setting the, uh, they're setting the thing. They're setting the... No, no. It, was, it, was, it was stupid. I also, didn't like what, that part. What link, what link are you looking at? I typed I just a few of them. I'm just, I compiled a bunch of them. Um, I mean, a lot of these movies are... 
and I was trying to pick movies that I think the rest of the movies are great. Like Casino, I think it's at least a good movie. I don't Does know. Does Avatar have a bad opening? I don't know. The, I didn't. I didn't see it. Um, you have seen. I was there with you. No, I haven't. I haven't seen that. I haven't. Well, I, okay. I don't remember it being bad opening. Um, but a lot of these movies, like it's easy to pick a bad opening if it's a bad movie. Um, but I'm trying to pick movies that are have just slow, and most of it's just like very slow beginnings um, that are just not interesting whatsoever. Um, the conversation, for instance. Oh no, never mind. I take that back. Conversation. The really the conversation is really interesting. Yes, I take that back. But um, what's another? Um, oh, and then some of some beginnings are like, I think they were relying too much on just. I don't know too much on spectacles of the day that are kind of dated now. Like once upon a time in the West was a beginning that was kind of hard to get through because it is one of two movies. Also, we are running out of time, so I'll stop talking to sit soon. It is one of two. It is one of two I, movies that was shot on Cinerama. I and, disagree with you so much on this. That opening, oh uh, that opening is actually. If that movie was just that opening, I would have been okay with it. But then it went on and on and on and on and on. I, I don't know. Train thing. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, I mean, I'm, I'm doing the generic stuff. Any of those spoof movies, like the scary movies, tend to have really, or at least the later ones, had horrible, which honestly, I don't know how people could make those movies. Okay, so, but what makes a bad beginning? Makes a bad beginning is if things don't land. Usually if, okay. if people can't portray the character correctly or they jump around, like, or they annoy the heck out of you, or in a sequel, they don't even really, they lazily recap something. Like in Twilight Eclipse, where they're just like, uh, Jake or whatever my whatever the vampire's name he broke up with me and I felt real bad and then it just right, I'd say the mine are um, movies that seem either a very disconnected with the rest of the film I think that is the worst thing a movie can do if it's if it seems like you're just trying to do something for shock and awe and it's it just feels very detached and it just it it seems like it you should you sh the the beginning should do something to connect you with the rest of the film, and if I can get behind think, your Chicago or your uh, casino thing, and like oh yeah, well casino is an instance in which it was just stupid, like it was just it didn't. But I, here's the thing: I don't like the the explosion looks fake. It may have looked good at the time, but I do like them going around Las Vegas, like them cruising. I around. guess, but I'm talking about right before. You, you said the beginning is what happens before the credits. Right before the credits, the car explodes, and then it goes into the credits. Right. Um, so, anyways, I, I think also with bad beginnings, it's kind of a little bit more split. Like, it's, it's, it's either a bad movie, has a bad opening, or, you know, I think it's a little bit more opinionated with that. So it's kind of hard to pick a bad opening, honestly. Um. But I well, think you, I, did, you did a lot of uh, good examples of that. I think we should get into the movies for quarantine. Uh, 
Do you want to go into some of your movies, your yes. quarantine movies? Uh, so actually, right off, the, I've been saving this one. Um, Blues Brothers. Oh, quickly though. Yes, Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers is a fantastic movie to watch. It's funny. It's action packed. You got John Belushi. You got. Did I say this? No, I didn't say this last week. Um, it's got a studded cast of beautiful people. Watch it. It's great. Do it. Do it. Watch it. Hey, Watch it. Watch it, buddy. You did say Blues Brothers last year, by the or last week. I did. Yes. Okay. Replace that with Beetlejuice. <laughs> Watch the movie Beetlejuice because it's fun. It also starts with a B. It's got uh, <laughs> it's got a young uh, Adam Baldwin or not Adam Baldwin, uh, Alec Baldwin, not doing a Trump impression. It's got cool mute. It's got a cool soundtrack. Got Michael Keaton doing this, you know. And then you get it's also not- Tim Burton's first. That was the movie that got him faint. Like that was his first feature film. That was yeah. That, well, that was his. Fr- that's his first. Yeah. Well, that's the f- movie. I feel like people are being like, "Oh, that has the Tim Burton look." No, it it is the first. Like if you look it up on IMDb, that keep, was his first feature talking. film. Keep talking. No, Pee Wee's Big Adventure was. His. Oh my deal. Okay. Yes. Exactly. Pee Wee's Big example adventure that's that's the thing peewee's big adventure people kind of overlook as tim burton's movie because it doesn't have that i mean it's super weird yeah it's his first film that is his own film i'm sure with peewee's big adventure it probably had a lot of like studio like it was a peewee film so probably he was just kind of like the de facto directo newman or paul herman yes paul newman it was definitely paul newman the yeah. person that sings uh, the Toy Paul Story ne- theme song. Paul Newman, to let everybody know, is secretly Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> yes, Short People was inspired by Pee Wee Herman. Anyways, so you have two more. Go quickly. Um, and then I would like to uh, say everybody should maybe watch the 1950s The Blob. It's, maybe. Um, it's on Criterion Collection. It is Criterion, Criterion Collection. It, it scares the poop out of you. <laughs> Not really, though. It's yeah, set well, in Pennsylvania. Speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a good, uh, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, and it's got a young Steve McQueen. Um, and then for my last movie, I would recommend. Uh, la, 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 la. You should rec. Um, you should watch. Um, you you say yours. All right. So we don't have that much time. So I would say my films are. I'm going to do specifically silent movies because as I've said before, I feel like sometimes silent movies, I, I personally connect more so emotionally because the actors have to do so much and the directors have to do so much more to emote themselves just physically. And also there was a little bit more freedom with the camera back then uh, as opposed to films in the thirties and forties and fifties because the cameras got really big and bulky uh, so they didn't have as much freedom and artistic style so the first i would say is passion of the joan of arc which came out in the late uh tensies it's i forget it's a european film i forget which country though um but it is the best example of that single tier and it is the most emotional i have ever seen a face in cinema ever and it just it kills my heart watching her cry that actress is amazing um Two is the sun or sunset. 
Sunset is one of the greatest silent films ever made, bar none. I, it's a romance actually, film. I very much enjoyed that when I watched it back in the day. I know, Zach introduced me to it. It's a, it's a romance. Um, it's also very it's, twist it's, and turny. It, it, it takes a lot of twists and turns. It's also very visually, like watching these silent films, I think you'll realize how much ingenuity went into these films. Um, it, it had a lot of really interesting uh, sequences that I that were very surprised. And it was came out in like 22 or something. It's, a, it's an old silent movie. Um, also, I have, I have my movie that I know. And then last lastly movie. is uh, The Kid, which is my favorite Charlie Chaplin movie. It is one of, it is probably my favorite silent movie just because it's on YouTube and I've watched it. Anytime I got stressed out, like doing work or whatever, I would, at college, I would just put on The Kid and I would just watch The Kid for like, it's, it is amazing from beginning to end. And it was the first feature, Charlie Chaplin's first feature. And it came out also in the 20s in like 27. It was prime, prime tramp. Uh, um, how much time do we have left? We have four, three minutes. All right, so for my last film, uh, because, you know, I'm, uh, I could say the generic, you know, watch Iron Giant or watch uh, Baba Ganoush movies. Yes. I don't know who that is. Um, I have been kind of on a Mike Lynn kick recently who directed oh. New Kid and uh, Life is Sweet and just recently watched uh, Secrets and Lies. But a movie that I really enjoy and doesn't have, it's an interesting roller coaster. It's called Topsy Turvy, which is um, the create, it's about Gilbert and Sullivan, the music composer and lyricist, creating their famous musical Mikido, Mikido. <laughs> um, one of the songs you would recognize. It's like little Japanese schoolgirls are we. I can't, I can't give it justice, but it's a Mike Lee movie, kind of showing the behind the scenes of a prestigious, uh, um, like mu like how a prestigious musical is developed, and it's got uh, like the cast you would totally recognize. Oh wait, no, I started watching this. Oh, that's right. I, you thought it was boring. I thought it was boring. It it it. Because I remember slow, you saying Mike Lee, and I was like, I remember watching a really a bad slow, Mike Lee movie. It's not bad. It's fantastic. And <laughs> I don't know where were, you were in your life when you saw this, uh, but I would probably say you were probably depressed and maybe on drugs. I, I was depressed and I was on drugs. Oh, Anyways, okay. so that's it for this episode. Tune in next week for our 100th episode. It's going to be a big one. There will um, be a video version of this, by the way, folks. Oh, will be a video version. I don't know if, how much time we have left, but I've been we watching. We have not that much time. That's it for this episode. Tune in next week and the week after. Love you all. Godspeed, Spider-Man. I don't really love everybody, but uh, Godspeed, Spider-Man. <laughs>